Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hi. Oh, we are starting. <laughs> yeah, I saw where you were starting. You're supposed to. I mean, I, I thought we were, but like. I thought, we yeah, gonna, I thought we were going to start this like an hour and a half ago, so we got to start it right now. I am back, baby. You know it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Big Steve's tired, man. I am. Yeah, I'm Big already, Steve's all right. Big Steve's not, okay. Not ready for bed. Welcome yeah, into well, the Force to Punt there. podcast. It's been, a, it's been a few weeks. We were talking, you know, it's NFL offseason, but we're going to try to get this thing... Uh, Back up and rolling. We know everybody's desperate for sports right now. Everybody's desperate for fantasy content. I've already had people all these all these dynasty leagues that I'm in. I've already had people just uh, pestering me about trades. So I should probably start actually looking into my dynasty leagues. But I'm Steven Serta, uh, Dusty Likens, of course, as always, still here, uh, just crushing the champagne of beer right now. That's right. Miller Highlight, baby. You know it. Existed since 1903. <laughs> See, you're excited about you know, being on the radio. Yeah. And, and I understand that you, <laughs> you know, you haven't been there in a while. Um, yeah. I still have to go into the station every day. I only see like two people. It's nice, kind of. That's real nice. It's, It'd be better if you only saw one person. Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't have to deal with anybody for the most part. But I yeah. do still have to go to the station every day. You are not going to the station right now, and you have not been on the yeah. air because you, know, you host uh, our nights and, and weekends generally, and so you haven't been there in a while. Yeah. So I know you're like juice for for to like get back to the studio and have everything be easy and not have to do these remote podcasts anymore. I don't see a scenario where I don't want to do this remotely so I can just sit at home and drink beer while we do it. Moving forward, I kind of felt like you're gonna be like, I'm not so as much juice to see you come back. <laughs> like it's been it's been nice that you pop it in and ask me random questions about what kind of food I'm gonna eat tonight or something. I've been cooking so much. Oh man, have you seen my tweets? Cooked a fillet last weekend. Play fit. Nice, nice. Even Bob Fesco liked it. <laughs> But that guy are, hates everything I do. 
That's a lie. That's not. I'm just kidding. No, no, no. He, no he's, I'm just no. kidding. Bob loves you. That guy's so, got a huge snake in his yard that scared the hell out of me too. All right, but we should probably get to it. Yeah. So no, you're good. Yeah. yeah. The NFL draft was this past week. Thankfully, uh, we finally had some sports content, some live sports content that we could all get excited about, and it was awesome. Uh, Can I say this? They uh, nailed that, by the way. No, they, they really nailed did. It. They really did. Yeah. No. No serious hiccups. Uh, Raj, Goodell was great. Raj. Uh, mid-draft outfit change. I think it. I think he was. I like to think that he was taking shots of tequila on the side when nobody was looking, and that's why when they came back, he was just posted up, looking like he, he was ready. Shots. To, he was ready to read a book and, and and smoke a cigar. He literally did that on Saturday night. He sat in the leather chair and did not give a shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he was fantastic. Yeah, no, the whole he had that jar of M and M's that just kept depleting as he kept going. The whole draft experience was fantastic. It was great. I hope they do it that way every year. Not really, honestly, but you know. Yeah, no, they're not going to do it that way every year. Well, obviously, it's better than the idea when they I, had when before. I went to the draft, put them on a boat. When I went to the draft in Nashville last year, there was three hundred fifty thousand people that entire weekend. That's a lot of money that the NFL can yeah, make. Yeah, terrible that, time. That well. It wasn't all. Te- it wasn't all terrible. It's. Rock, have you ever well, worked in NFL draft? They're rough. No, man. but I heard your stories afterwards. You're like, it was just, just <laughs> terrible. There were so many people. No one knew what was going on. The people I went with slept no. really loud. But no, no, no. I was the one that snored really loud. Vern, Vern hated me after. Oh after, yeah, Ron got cheeses everywhere. Side. It's yeah, Vern. I remember talking to Vern on the air like when you guys were driving back, and he was just like. He's like, Serta's a mouth breather. He has this laptop open with loud TV. He's just not a good friend. <laughs> yeah, I fell asleep watching movies like a, a few times. Um, but no, it, the NFL draft is incredible. It's fantastic. It's, but when you're working it, it's very long, like grueling days, especially the first day. The first day you're like, all right. I'm locked into this thing for 16 hours. I can't do anything except yeah. sit here and try to try to get interviews, try to and and I've been to two NFL drafts. I went to Chicago and I went to Nashville. Chiefs traded out of the first round both times. So I worked 16 hour days both times and they didn't even have a first round draft pick. So Joe, Joe Burrow went first in this year's draft. Yes, Jared Goff when I went in Chicago, Jared Goff was the number 1 overall pick. Oh god, that sucks. Carson Wentz was number two. That was the year they drafted Chris Jones and Tyree Kill. Yeah, I was in the studio when they drafted Tyree Kill, and that was that was fun. All right, but we should probably get to some fantasy players, right? The NFL draft, uh, rookie players, a lot of rookie players landed on in incredible situations. So we're we're going to talk about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but I'm not going to start there because I know everybody's waiting for us to talk about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. It's it goes without saying, if you're in a dynasty league, he's going to be your number one overall draft pick. We'll talk about him a little in depth uh, as we get into this, but I want to get, I want, I want to, I want, I want to make you guys wait for it. I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to do that right out of the gate. I want to make sure you're listening to the entire podcast because we need those downloads, we need those reviews, 
We need all the numbers. We need we need everything from you guys. So if you appreciate, and for those of you listening to how to do a radio show, this is not how you do yeah. it. This is the complete opposite. Oh, no, if you, you if you appreciate <laughs> what we do, we need all we need all it. the help that we can get. So you're gonna have to sit yeah. here and wait for a little bit for the Clyde Edwards Hilaire breakdown. But th- some of the other running backs. Obviously, this is a really talented running back class. This is a really talented wide receiver class. Um, so I want to talk about some of the other guys that landed in uh, beneficial or questionable situations. So the top running backs outside of Clyde, I guess, they it seems like they all basically landed in situations where there was already a talented player in that position. Jonathan Taylor mm-hmm. went to the Indianapolis Colts. Marlon Mack already a talented running back. It sucks because I have Marlon Mack in a dynasty league, and I really like Marlon Mack. And Marlon Mack was really good last year, and I think he's a talented running back. He's had injury problems. Jonathan Taylor is just going to be better than Marlon Mack, probably. Marlon Mack was a fourth-round pick. Jonathan Taylor probably should have been a first-round pick, but because he's a running back, he wound up going in the second. Like Jonathan Taylor's a really talented running back. J.K. Dobbins probably should have been a first-round pick. He went to the Baltimore Ravens, who have Mark Ingram, who have Gus Edwards, who have just <laughs> Justice, uh, not Justice Winslow. What's his name? <laughs> but J.K. Dobbins is going to be the best running back on that roster. Like Mark Ingram, old Mark Ingram's got a lot of tread on his tires. Mark Ingram's been around forever. It, it feels like, but he it, it took him a few years to get going in New Orleans, and then all of a sudden. He was great in New Orleans his last couple of years. Uh, I think he had he had suspension his last season in New Orleans, but he was good down the stretch. And then last season, he was obviously fantastic for the Ravens, but they can get out of his contract after this season, so they're looking towards the future, and that's going to be J.K. Dobbins, who, is, as I've said multiple times on 610, I wanted J.K. Dobbins or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire if the Chiefs were going to take a running back. Like Those were the two guys that I was eyeing that I thought fit their offensive system best. J.K. Dobbins... Super, super talented player. DeAndre Swift, incredibly talented player. Got drafted by the Detroit Lions, which really sucks. They already have Carryon Johnson, but I, I think at this point we we can kind of say Carryon Johnson just sucks, right? He's out. Like he yeah, was not out. he was not good. His only before he got injured last season, his only productive game was against the Chiefs. And it was when the Chiefs were just giving up a hundred yards a game to anyone. To, to anyone that yeah. was breathing, was getting 100 yards a game against the Chiefs early on in the season. DeAndre Swift, obviously more talented than Carryon Johnson, who himself is a former high draft pick for the Detroit Lions. But it's it, it doesn't seem like any of these guys outside of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and you could make the argument that he's not as, as well, but it's just that he's in an Andy Reid offense with Patrick Mahomes, and the Chiefs are arguably the best offense in the NFL. Like you can make an argument out of all of those guys, those top, those top four guys, they all landed in situations where they're gonna have to compete for carries in all likelihood because there's already guys there who are productive and have proven that they can be productive starters. So like you're not you're not taking these guys, you know, you're not taking Clyde Edwards Hilaire in the first round. Like if you're if you're in a dynasty league, you're taking him number one overall, in my opinion. But most of these guys, they landed in situations where it sounds like they're going to be a part of a two to three man committee type of approach. And the Chiefs still have Damian Williams. People were talking about today about the Chiefs trying to trade Damian Williams. You just, 
you don't get value for running back. So I don't think it's in the Chiefs' benefit to trade Damian Williams. And I also don't think that Andy Reid thinks that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to be his day one starter. Kareem Hunt wasn't supposed to be the day one starter, but Spencer Ware got hurt in training camp in, in the preseason, and that thrust Kareem Hunt into a starting role, and it obviously worked out. He wound up being the leading rusher in the NFL. But all of these guys are, for in redraft leagues, I'm questioning whether or not you can bank on these guys being productive right out of the gate because they're all in situations where there's other talented running backs at that position. Yeah, who did Green Bay draft? Because that's another situational uh, he's running a, back. He's a, he's a fullback. He's not taking carries for Brian oh, okay. Jones. He's he, he's he's a running back, but people think that he's gonna like wind up being a fullback. Screw that guy. Screw Green Bay. Screw Matt okay, Lafleur. Yeah. Screw the whole front office. Screw all of. I mean, them. I love it. No. So it wasn't Mike McCarthy. Yeah, I guess everybody hates Aaron, man. I guess everybody hates Aaron. Just just bleep Aaron, or just we're gonna we're gonna burn this whole thing to the ground. The last couple of years that we have of one of the greatest, most talented quarterbacks that anybody's ever seen, we're just gonna burn everything to the ground. Maybe he is an ass. I'm sure he is. But he's good enough to be an ass. Tom Brady's an ass. Tom Tom Brady deserves to to have say in these types of things. Aaron Rodgers deserves to have say in these types of things. Brett Veach said he called Patrick Mahomes. Who do you want? He said Clyde. Who'd they take? Clyde. It's a little vague. He asked him out of these two, who would you like? And Mahomes said Clyde. Also... I don't know, man. I just feel like Aaron Rodgers might be just a dick. And uh, I don't know. Tom Brady has six Super Bowls. Aaron Rodgers has one. Tom Brady can be an ass. Aaron Rodgers, maybe not so much. All right. Well, so okay, so out of the rookie running backs, who do you, who do you like most? Like, obviously, Clyde. Clyde's yeah. got to be highest on the list, right? Like, without a doubt. because yeah. He's number one for me, but we got to get to that later. But, uh, yeah. And I think his situation is going to be just like Kareem Hunt was. I think Damian Williams. Anyways, we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, not like Dobbins, man. I just like that offense. I think that the way the Ravens drafted, the way the way the Ravens are set up for like the next what five years, and the way that they move the ball, the way that they are a run first option. Like Mark Ingram, like you said, is a little bit older. There's chances Mark Ingram's going to miss some games. Who's going to step up? Probably the young rookie and Dobbins, who's going to be a powerful running back kind of similar to the way Ingram runs. He's kind of a miss first run downhill type of runner, but I think Dobbins is a little bit better in the pass catching scheme. I'm excited to see how the Ravens really use him. And he's a guy that I wouldn't let go too far in the draft. I know that we were kind of giddy on rookies last year in the running back situation. I think one, obviously it was Darwin Thompson. Obviously it's a different situation than Dobbins, but yeah, I, I just like Dobbins, and I like that situation with John uh, Harbaugh and the way that he uses the run first. I like how Lamar Jackson spreads the ball around. And I'm telling you, man, the Ravens are going to be a dynamite run-first type of team, and they got the offensive line, they've got the weapons, and they can just kind of spread the ball out evenly. And even if Dobbins only gets, you know what, 10 touches a game, he can make those very, very productive uh, touches anytime he did. There's, there's literally no argument to be made that – the number one challenger in the AFC to the Chiefs is the Ravens. Like for the next five years, for sure. This the Ravens have loaded up on both sides of the ball. Like they they still have questionable you know receivers, but their running game is so incredibly talented that 
they can utilize it in uh, in ways that like Andy Reid utilizes Patrick Mahomes' capabilities, like like Lamar. Yeah, and they creativity. don't use receivers like they do. Yeah, yeah, and the way that they do it, and you know, and if Hollywood Brown takes a big step forward, like he's by far the right. best receiver. Mark Andrews is yeah. one of the five best tight ends in the NFL. Like Mark Ingram did have, he had just over a thousand yards last year. Yeah, he had ten touchdowns. He did. He slowed down a ton on the back half. He got of the hurt. Season. Yeah, he he slowed he slowed down a ton. He got hurt towards the end of the season, but he slowed down a bunch. At the beginning of the season, he was being completely dominant. Are we for real right now? Are, yeah. Are, are we for real right now? Yeah. He got hurt. He was completely dominant. I'm there. Yeah, you couldn't you couldn't uh, you couldn't set the mic the microphone down while all your rummaging for beers. Sorry, you cut out. What'd you say? <laughs> Mark Ingram was absolutely fantastic last year, but he is turning thirty years old. He's actually he's the same age as me. He's a uh, couple months younger than me, actually. Un- unnecessary. Um, but that's the but, turn of the century in the NFL, right? Thirties the that's the top of the hill, man. After that, it's, if, it's not good normally. If I was looking at any of these guys in, you know, standard redraft leagues, yeah, Clyde, Clyde's number one, but I, I think that Dobbins just because of offensive potential with Baltimore, like they they set all kinds of offensive records last year. I I don't think that they're going to be able to do the exact same thing. D, teams are going to adjust. They've got a ton of tape on it now. They're going to figure it out. But I think the Ravens are one of the most analytically minded organizations in the NFL they're going to find new ways to scheme that up and, and use it to their advantage. And I think that Dobbins is really, really intriguing from a rookie running back standpoint. Like you would, you would love to find in your fantasy drafts, you would love to find, you know, the, the year that Kareem hunt came into the league. If you did your draft after Spencer Ware got hurt, you knew you were getting like Kareem hunt went from a fifth round pick to a second round pick because you knew you were going to get a like every down running back. I don't think that you can project any of these guys in standard redraft leagues right now as a, you know, second round pick late first round pick. I don't think you can project a single one of them that way because of the situations that they find them themselves in. And, and this is obviously the approach that just every top NFL team right now, they're, they're taking this approach. You just can't ever have, too many offensive weapons because when the best team in the NFL is the Chiefs and they can put up 40 points a game and there's nothing you can do about it, then you better go out and you better get five, six, seven guys that can score touchdowns on any given play. And so that 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 makes it hard to project for fantasy. Like I like I I'm generally curious to see how this season kind of shapes up because it feels like this is the first time in a long time where there isn't like one rookie that I feel like I could point to and be like, that guy has the potential to be a league winner if I if I get him in the third round as a rookie because he's that talented. Like like when when I the year that Kareem Hunt came out, I got Kareem Hunt in like the fifth or the sixth round of a fantasy draft. And it was incredible value at the time because Spencer Ware got hurt like a week later. I don't know that any of these top running backs in a really, really talented running back class. I'm just curious how it's all going to shape out because they all seem to be a part of a committee type of approach where there's going to be at least one other guy, if not two other guys, 
who are going to get carries and be involved in the offense, and especially with those guys, if they're on Super Bowl contending teams and they're struggling to pick up an NFL offense, I just don't know how effective they're going to be fantasy-wise. It's also interesting because we don't know how much like preseason work they're going to get in either. So I don't know like where they're going to like gel into that like offensive system like you would if you had a normal preseason of football, like a normal offseason, normal OTAs, team stuff like that. And they're not going to have that, which I know that can be kind of like one of those like there you go. It can be like one of those like random things where you know people get tired of hearing it that you know because of COVID nineteen the teams aren't going to be able to like you know gel right away and that you want to look at guys that you know, maybe weren't drafted this year that maybe guys that have been in their system, like nice cough, like whenever uh, Marlon, like where Marlon Mack's at, like Marlon Mack already knows the system. He's going to have an upper edge even more so than he already does. But man, I don't know. The Ravens are going to turn the ball over a lot on defense. And that offense is going to get a lot of opportunities inside the red zones. And it just makes me think a lot of volumes there for Dobbins. I just think, yeah, no, no, there's, it's. I, I think the, the approach that I'm going to take to this rookie running back class that, it, that is seriously talented, I feel like I'm going to take the approach that I normally take to wide receivers, which is I normally in my most of my fantasy drafts, um, you know, I vary in strategy depending on how the players fall or whatever. But generally what I want to do is, you know, get my running backs early and then I always have faith that I can fill it in with wide receivers. You know, last year I did it with Cortland Sutton and DJ Chark and uh, a, a lot of other guys who, who like uh, Terry McLaurin, like like guys that you know I took swings on and they wound up being really talented. They wound up being like really productive fantasy players. Like this feels like a year where I'm going to have to do that with the rookie class. Like I, I'm just gonna have to the guys that fall to me, like if J.K. Dobbins, for whatever reason, falls to me in the ninth round of a draft, then I'd be happy with that. And, 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 I, and, I I ta- so. and I'd take him there. But I'm not taking J.K. Dobbins in the fifth round of a draft. No, I wouldn't. I'm not taking Jonathan Taylor. Like someone... Someone in one of your leagues, you know, we're we're uh, uh, we're Kansas City natives. Someone in one of your leagues is going to take Clyde Edwards Hilaire in the second or third round. That's fine. I, I would think, take him in the second. I, I think Clyde is going to be awesome. I also. I think he's going to be a first round pick. I I I don't think that he'll be a first round pick. Not in a standard redraft league. In a dynasty league, he should be the number one overall pick. But in standard redraft league, I don't believe so. I think PBR, you could make an argument that he should jump a little bit higher. But, I mean, being where we are, like, you know, almost every draft that I did last year, being in Kansas City and and doing drafts with Kansas City fans, people were taking Patrick Mahomes number one overall. So you have to Uh assume, like, I'm assuming that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire will never be on a fantasy team that I own. No, I have too many Chiefs homers in in my league. Well, he's... All right, we can just go ahead and talk about Clyde. Like Cl- Clyde's going to be awesome. He's going to be awesome. He's going to be it's, you know, argument for value of running back in the first round, whatever. We can make that argument especially with what what's going on with Bashad Breeland right now. Uh, you know, you can make the argument they they could have used that pick on a corner and it would have better suited them and 
all of the numbers say that it was it would have been the smarter thing to do overtaking Clyde. But I also right. have made the argument several times that the best version of the Chiefs that we saw wasn't the Chiefs that won the Super Bowl last year. It was it was the Chiefs in 2018 with Kareem Hunt that were completely unstoppable, that were scoring 38.5 points a game, and no one could do anything to slow them down, and that was with Kareem Hunt. Damian Williams is not that talented of a player, in my opinion. Damian Williams is fine. Damian Williams is an NFL player who deserves to be on a roster, who deserves to be in the mix with with other guys. He's just not an every down type of guy. He's not a game changing player generally, but he can, you know, as we saw a couple times last year, he can break one off every now and then. There's a lot of running backs in the NFL yeah. that are capable of doing that. There's a lot of running backs in the NFL that are fast and that can hit the hole when it's there and and, and you know break off a long touchdown run. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is an every down type of running back. He changes their offense. The thing is, Andy Reid has not been the type of guy that generally is going to put a rookie in a situation where he's going to be an every-down type of player. Kareem Hunt was not supposed to be that player. They got put in a situation where they didn't have a choice. And even down the back half of the season, if you had Kareem Hunt like I did that year, Kareem Hunt's usage rate plummeted midway through the season, and it caused some people to miss the fantasy postseason because he had he had he had a stretch of like five games that were just awful because Andy Reid just stopped using him and that and I don't know if that was uh, you know game script or or Andy just being annoyed with things that he was doing but Andy doesn't trust rookie players a lot like McCole Hardman last year you could make the argument McCole Hardman was clearly more effective than Sammy Watkins but McCole Hardman was getting a third of the of the snaps, and it's because he's a rookie. So you expect that to jump up a little bit, even though they're bringing back Sammy because they're trying to make another run at a Super Bowl. Like, I don't expect Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to come out and just take 75% of the snaps out of the gate. Like, it's going to be pretty close to 50-50 with him and Damian Williams. Yeah, I think that you keep hitting the, the nail on the head with the Kareem Hunt comparison with, like, the Kareem Hunt year. Because, like, that's what I've been telling people because, you know, I'll get, you know, texts or calls from friends that are saying, you know, what's your point of view on, you know, you know, Clyde? And it's like, I think it's the same thing with Kareem Hunt. Like, when Kareem Hunt was drafted, people were like, you know, I kind of like this pick out of Toledo. What's this guy's role going to be? It's like, well, Spencer Ware is still the running back. So, unless something happens, you know, nothing's really going to happen because you could, you could see it. Like, Kareem Hunt was going to ease his way in, start working in towards the middle of the season. And then, obviously, the beginning of the year started. They played New England in that game. Kareem Hunt set the world on fire. And then there was no turning back. I think the same situation is in play here with Clyde because I think that Damian Williams is a starter. He's earned his stripes. He's a Super Bowl-winning running back. He knows the offense better. He's a pro. He's a vet. He's been a vet for a while. But he's also injury-prone. So if he gets hurt, the next guy up isn't going to be Darrell Williams or Darwin Thompson. It's going to be... Hilaire like that's the guy that's going to play and the way that he can explode and the way that Patrick Mahomes can spread the ball and really use running backs like he likes to do I mean that's why I almost I I'm almost okay with people taking Clyde in, in the middle of the second round if unless they are homers and they take him in the first round but he's I, I just think he's gonna have a lot of production I couldn't disagree more um and that's fine that's fine I just think that he's I think he's just I think he's yeah. worth the product because I think that if you look at what Kareem Hunt had, you can let somebody take him in the fifth round, 
maybe the six, if you think he would still be there. I just, there's just no way speaking in this demographic, he's oh. going to last that long in any but, track. I think he's going to go before Damian Williams. Yeah, but it took Kareem getting that injury. And, and, you know, I think people are going to buy into the hype that Clyde's just going to be the day one starter. And I, I, I don't, I, I, I don't think that that's necessarily the case. I think that Andy is trying to get Damian Williams out of here. We, we heard Andy be frustrated with Damian Williams last year when Damian last Williams year was training injured. Camp. Yeah, he, he was frustrated by the whole thing because Damian Williams was finally getting the opportunity to be the guy, and Damian Williams was hurt right out of the gate. Um, I, I just... But he's always hurt. I'm not... Clyde's got to be... It's a high-risk, high-reward. Sure. Uh, and, but a lot of guys in fantasy are. I would I would rather there's there's other guys I would rather spend a high risk high reward pick on CD Lamb than Clyde right now in my personal opinion like I I would rather reach on CD Lamb earlier in the draft than take Clyde in the second as a cornerstone of my team I just know that I would take I if I like if Clyde's there in the middle towards the end of the second round I would take I just think that he has that type of upside Damian Williams is always hurt so the gamble's there. And that's the type of gamble that if you make that gamble, you can win your entire fantasy league. All right. So another one of the top running backs in this draft, Jonathan Taylor. It's a, it's a stud. It's drafted by the Indianapolis Colts. They also have Marlon Mack, who had over 1,000 yards last year and was super effective. He did. Uh, he broke his hand, I think, and missed a few games down the back half of the season. Um, for whatever reason, you know, Marlon Mack, he's, he's a capable pass catching back, but they just don't use him that way. He, he's a better rusher, but he's a smaller guy. He's not a big, uh, he's not a big guy that can really take beatings and he's had injury problems. Um, but the problem is that Jonathan Taylor's not really a pass catching back either. And so with Phil as their starting quarterback, uh, <sighs> I'm just kind of curious how both of them fit into this mix. Does this mean that Marlon Mack is going to start getting more of the receiving work? Because Neheim Hines was kind of that guy last year. Jordan Wilkins uh, was getting work for a while. He was he was in the mix quite a bit. Even uh, and when um, when Marlon Mack went down, Jordan Wilkins was in the mix along with Hines. And what's uh, his face? Jonathan Taylor came in. And he was super effective down the stretch of the fantasy playoffs when Marlon Mack was hurt. Or not Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Williams, I think was his name. But yeah, so Jonathan Williams came in. Um, It's just, it's curious what the Colts are doing. I think the Colts had had an okay draft. I think that they improved their roster. They've got Phil. I think they already have a good team. This is the best offensive line Phillip Rivers has ever played behind in his entire life. It's one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. So I think that there's going to be enough work for both of those running backs to produce and be effective. I I just don't know how, like, you need one receiving back. You need one guy who can catch passes out of the backfield, especially when you saw how Phillip Rivers utilized Austin Eckler last season. Yeah, is this the year to just do handcuffs? Like, is this just the year, like, Marlon Mack puts up enough, like enough numbers that like you can bank on like Jonathan Taylor to have like a small splash that can get you over the. I mean, I just feel like that's where this conversation is heading. Is that like 
if you have Mark Ingram, maybe it's not a bad idea to go get Dobbins. If you have Marlon Mack, it's not a bad idea to go get Taylor. Yeah, and normally but, we say but, get away okay, from handcuffs. So, so are you – okay, so who are you taking first, Jonathan Taylor or Marlon Mack? Oh, I would take Mack for sure because I don't think Taylor would go very high. Yeah, but you're not but you're not taking Marlon Mack with any type of confidence. Uh, no. Well, I mean, I think he was probably like an average, like a, a high second rounder last year, right? He was like a third round pick, probably. Oh, really? Third, I, he was probably like a third or fourth round pick. A lot of people didn't have faith in him. I did. I love me some Marlon. Okay. I he was, he was he was um, like he was like a third or a fourth round pick. I would. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe in that situation, I might, I might just let. You think Taylor goes undrafted? No, not no. He's a hundred percent getting drafted. Yeah, so I think Mar- I think Marlon I think Marlon Mack goes first. But yeah, I think that Jonathan Taylor's like an like a eighth round pick. Like I, right. I don't. I don't really feel confident taking either one of them at this point. Like they're both guys that I would avoid, I think. Which sucks because they're running behind one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. But you're basically you if you're investing high in both of them and you're gonna make and you're gonna take both or, and you're gonna take both of them, so you have one of them. Yeah. Then you're investing too heavily in one backfield and you're reaching on both of them in all likelihood. If you're hoping just to have one of them. When they're both effective players, you're putting yourself you're you're setting yourself up for failure, in my opinion. Yeah, that's yeah, that's fair. Maybe that situation doesn't call for a handcuff, but maybe Baltimore's does. All right. Well, how do you feel about DeAndre Swift and the Detroit Lions? They have Carry on Johnson, who was uh hurt last year. We already talked about him a little bit. He is uh, in my opinion, has been a very disappointing player. And they he drafted sucks. DeAndre Swift. Um it's a bummer because I also like DeAndre Swift's game, but I don't have any faith that the Detroit Lions and Matt Patricia and all of those people are going to put him in situations to succeed. The Lions haven't had it's actually it's impressive how bad the Lions running backs have been since Barry Sanders. Oh it's, yeah, they haven't had a good one. It's it's, it's a un- curse. It's unbelievable. Yeah, no, I, I just take Vern's advice when it comes to anybody in Detroit. Like, as soon as that kid was drafted, Josh Vernier just tweeted, God, I feel so sorry for that guy. And uh, I've just always avoided people in Detroit. I don't like Patricia. I didn't like anybody before them. I don't like Matt Stafford. I don't like their offense. So I want nothing to do with Detroit players. I, I, won't, I don't want any Detroit players at all. Not even Hawkinson in year two. And I loved Hawkinson last year. Except he had one game. Yeah, I mean, I like Kenny Galladay, um, but I I agree. I avoid Detroit players generally too because I just don't trust them. Um, no, you know, it, it it's another situation where it's it's not only that. Like, you could talk me into taking Clyde in the third, this or late second, like at the turn or something. If Clyde's still there, yeah. Final pick of the second round at the turn. You could talk me into taking Clyde right there just because it's Andy Reid and because it's Patrick Mahomes. Like, DeAndre Swift, I really like his skill set. I would have been happy if the Chiefs would have taken him too, but I I liked Clyde better for what the Chiefs want to do. The Chiefs want to throw the football, and Clyde's better at that. But with these guys, it's, you know, DeAndre Swift with... 
Jonathan Taylor, it's I have more faith in the Colts than I have in the Lions. But with DeAndre Swift, I don't have really any faith in the Lions. So so how am I taking carry on Johnson or DeAndre Swift? Like the only the Don't only take thing, either one of them. Like the only thing that I would have faith in is the fact that if Matthew Stafford's healthy, Kenny Galladay is going to get like eight or nine touchdowns just because they're going to have to throw a lot because they're not a good football team. Like that's the only thing that I would have faith in when it comes to the Lions. I don't have faith in them in any other aspect. Yeah, you know, I just, just I just fart. avoid them. I just don't trust them. Now I yawn. Um, Sound how, like what? A fart. how I fart? Sound like fart. This isn't gonna get cut out because it makes me look bad. Um, but uh, no, it's uh, it wasn't a fart. Is a is a yawn. Um, nothing sounded like a fart. Um, but uh, no, I don't know. I like I said from the beginning. I just I avoid. I avoid anything Detroit. I don't want anything to do with the Lions. The other thing, too, that you have to think about, I know this sounds annoying, six of their games, six of their games are going to be against top eight defenses in the entire NFL. Why do you know that off the top of your head? What? For the the Detroit Lions? Yeah. Are you just talking about the Vikings? The Bears and the Packers. Well, yeah. I don't agree with that. All three. Okay. Well, they all three have great defenses. The Vikings the Bears have one of the for, worst secondaries in the NFL last week. As a defense as a whole, though. And it's are the they, division. They don't are play they good. one of the best defenses in the NFL with one of the worst secondaries in the league? They started off with a good defense. <laughs> Damn it. The Vikings defense took a huge setback last year. And the Packers defense was actually yeah. good. was good at the beginning of the year, and it – it kind of took a nosedive. Bears and then, defense, is and still then the Bears solid. defense will. Bears yeah. defense is still solid. So I'm not taking any Detroit Lions players, <laughs> Steven Serba. Um. All right. Let's. We we rambled too much. It's it's late. We gotta we gotta get out of here. Um. So let's run through. Let Let's just talk about the guys that we that we want to talk about really quick, and then we'll get out of here. Um. CD Lamb going to the Dallas Cowboys. And being Love selected it. number 17 overall is absolutely unbelievable. It was the biggest shock of the NFL draft. CeeDee Lamb, in my opinion. Oh, rugs? I mean, that wasn't a shock to me because you can always sell speed. Like, you can always convince yeah. somebody to draft a guy because of speed. But, like, I would always take, like... Tyreek Hill in the fifth round is incredible because he's insanely fast. What makes Tyreek Hill a great player now, his speed, yes, but also the fact that he's become an unbelievable route runner because he's worked really, really hard at it. In the NFL, you don't have to be the fastest player in the league. You can always get open if you're a good route runner. Always. Jerry Judy, best route run in the draft. Should have been the number one wide receiver taken off the board, in my opinion. CeeDee Lamb, second best route runner, most physically gifted wide receiver in the draft. Should have been taken before Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs is an unbelievable talent. He is a Tyreek Hill-esque game-breaker flyer. But he's also got Derek Carr as his quarterback. Like Tyreek Hill, I'm not convinced that Tyreek Hill becomes the player that he is if Tyreek Hill doesn't come to the Chiefs and have Andy Reid. 
Like even Tyree Hill had a bunch of success with Alex Smith as his quarterback, but it was because it was part of it was because of Andy Reid. Like Henry Ruggs is, could be a great player or he could be a huge flop because he's not put in the best situation to succeed. He's Darius Hayward Bay all over again. Yeah, like and I'm not calling him that. I think that he's a really talented player. No, I would have taken CD. I would have taken CD. Like CD Lamb in the Cowboys offense is stupid. Like Dak. Oh yeah. Dak might give Pat a, a run for MVP next season. Like his offense is gonna, his offense is going to be that good. Okay. His offensive line's better. Amari Cooper, CD Lamb, Michael Gallup, Zeke. Like that's a that's a that's a formidable offense. I am on the Dallas Cowboys. Their offensive line is still better than the Chiefs' offensive line. Oh, yeah. Travis Frederick did retire, so they might take Mm. a step back there. Yeah. It's stupid that ZD fell to the Cowboys. But that that should be the approach, though. When when you're going up against the Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champions, just... Well, if we got to put up 40 a game, we need five or six guys that could score at any given moment. Because that's what the Chiefs yeah, have. Yep. You can't double cover everybody. So, so, so what, what, what's your, what's your, what do you think the fantasy potential of CeeDee Lamb is with that offense? I think CeeDee Lamb. I think you do is, what Sutton did in Denver last year. I think that CeeDee Lamb is better than Amari Cooper. I don't think that he yeah, necessarily I, will yeah. be this season, but I think that long term, CD Lamb is the best wide receiver on that team. Yeah, there's a possibility he could be the best receiver in this draft. Um, man, I don't know. I think he could do a lot of what like DJ Shark did last year. I think he could do what like I think he could do. I think he could have a type of comparable year to like Cortland Sutton, DJ Shark, those type of guys. I think you can put up those kind of numbers. He can. He can explode quickly, and he can become a favorite target really, really fast. Yeah. So those are my expectations for CeeDee Lamb, even though I like Jerry Judy and his situation with uh, with our guy, Drew. All right, so let's talk about that before we get out of here. We've already – we talked about it on the last podcast. Yeah. I love what the Denver Broncos are doing. I'm People have gotten mad at me because I'm not supposed to talk about another team in the AFC West like this. I care about good football. Yeah. I care about scoring points. I care about guys that change games. I care about guys that flip the field in an instant. And the Broncos got a bunch of dudes that can do that. The Broncos got a bunch of cats that can score and put up points for my fantasy football team. And I am fucking about it. Oh, dude, you want to talk about a team with an offense. You listed Dallas's offense. On this offense, you have Sutton, Judy, Gordon, Lindsey, Fant, Drew. I mean, good God, man. That team could put that team could potentially, they're not going to, but they can keep up with the Chiefs a little bit better now because they actually do have a pretty legit defense still. Now you did lose a couple big corners on that team, but they did gain one, right? Um, and yes, the, I just their defense think that like yeah. has improved, in my opinion. Correct. And so, like, their defense can keep them in games better. 
They were four and one with Drew Locke last year in the last five games. Of course, the only game they lost was the snowball that Mahomes had, uh, where he just showed that he was immortal to everybody else in the NFL. But Drew's going to sling it. He's got plenty of targets to sling it. And that team, that team believes in Drew. And that's all they need. Now, the tape is out on Drew Locke, which is a little unfortunate for him, but that's just the way the NFL and professional sports go. Once you played, people know how to do it. But Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton on every on both sides. Plus, I think they drafted another receiver. I can't even his name right now. Um, what he got of Kentucky? Was that the kid they took? No, they did. He's a flyer. Uh, I don't have his name off the top of my head right now either. He's, yeah, he's just he's, a he's just a he's just a go get it. He's a he's he's a flyer. Yeah, he's a guy. He's like a four three guy. But he's also got two running backs back there, and as long as he can be protected by that offensive line, that's got some questions. Uh, I really like a lot of options in Denver's offense because I think that that's what they're going to do. They're going to do the copycat offense, like we talked about uh, this whole this whole podcast. Is that it's it's do exactly what the Chiefs have done. Uh-huh. Go out there, have as many targets as you possibly can, and try to score as many points uh, as as physically possible. And Denver's going to let it rock. And you know they're a team that could potentially go nine and seven, ten and six, and you know compete with the many targets that they have in an improved defense. It took KJ Hamler from Penn State. Penn State, that's right. Yeah, yeah, and he's yeah, he's your just he's, he's your slot guy that he just is, runs down. He is a yeah, he is a flyer. He is. It's. I don't think that Drew Lock is Patrick Mahomes. Like Drew Lock. Oh God. I, I mean, I didn't. We did not get nearly enough of Drew Lock for me to make a reasonable assessment on where he at is at is a professional football player. As a professional no, but he could be Pete Kirk Cousins. But, well, so but so that's the thing. Like, if the standard is Kirk, we're talking like twenty Pete Kirk, tw- like good Kirk, Cousins. like like twenty four to twenty eight touchdowns, like ten interceptions. I think you'd take that from Drew. Yeah, and four thousand yards. Yeah, you'd take that from Drew Lock, and you'd be happy with it, especially in his second year. Hell yeah! Oh Hell god yeah. yeah! Oh god yeah! Even it's thirty eight hundred yards. If it's if it's twenty seven touchdowns, thirty eight hundred yards, and eleven picks, you'd be thrilled if that's your second year out of Drew Lock. Shit yeah! And Cortland Sutton a thousand yards, Jerry Judy, you know eight nine hundred yards, Noah Fant taking a big step forward. Let's not forget tight ends take a few years, and Noah Fant showed a ton of promise as a rookie. Like there's. When Drew started it's playing, absolutely not unreasonable to assume that the Broncos are going to be the Chiefs' challenger in this division. Like, in my opinion, they are. I don't have any faith in what the Raiders are doing. Oh, for sure. The 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 Chargers are no, getting ready, and the Chargers are so far behind. Oh, and the Chargers are getting ready to age themselves out. Like, Bosa's been in the league. Right. Ingram's only got a couple years left. Casey Hayward's only got a couple years left. Like they're getting ready to age themselves out. They've got some young Keenan's talent. Done. Yeah, they've got they've got some young talent on the roster, but those guys are mostly veterans. Like the Raiders are young, but I don't have any faith in what Mayock and and Gruden are doing. Like I think what the what the Broncos are doing right now, they've got the most viable plan in place right now to directly compete with the Chiefs. I don't think that they're capable of genuinely competing with the Chiefs, but I think that those games will be fun. I think that those games will be interesting. Oh, damn straight. I can't wait for those games. I'm ready. Plus, you get the 
You get to turn. We get to watch Drew Lock, and I'll end on this. So we can both go to bed. We get to watch Drew Lock, and this is what I've talked about on Out of Bounds on Saturdays that will return soon. But we'll get to watch Drew Lock turn from babyface to heel in Kansas City, a place that he grew up in and was prized. Grew up literally like four blocks from my he's, apartment. Right, he's here right now. Right he's quarantining with his parents, apparently. No, he is. I get. I, I've, I've seen in the window. Not that I've driven by. Um, just thought he was shirtless. It. But <laughs> yeah, uh, no. But I mean, like, we get to watch him become the bad guy. And the only way that you can become hated from a team that everybody likes is if you're a good, two you brag about it, and three you can do it in a in a way that everyone can see it. And he can do all that with the team that they have built for the future. And I can't. I honestly can't wait. So if you will hate on you for being sports horny about this matchup, because honestly, this is going to be so much fun because the Chiefs are always going to be better anyway. So they can chill out. The Broncos are going to be baller. He's Dusty Likens. I'm Steven Serta. So we're going to start doing these more often, right? We're going to start once a week. Try to, uh, That's to me. Try, try to, try to fill these guys in on what's happening. We'll talk about that later. Uh, this is Force the yeah, Pump. Please download the radio.com app. Please subscribe to everything that we do. Uh, we will catch you guys next week. Basically got a smart trap, bro. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. 